0: Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooter's Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned Grandmaster, Shooter's Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at Shooter'sConnectionStore.com Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hit Factor podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Cawthon, and joining me tonight is Potato and... The Prodigal Son Return, <laughs> Jeremy Reed. Um, Mr. Loves Shorty Shorts and political opinions <laughs> and political and every, opinions. everything else we love Jeremy for. He's back, so we, we've got it all back again, ladies and gentlemen. And we are very, very glad to see his smiling, shiny face in his cold dungeon room.
1: It is chilly. I got my puffy jacket on. Uh, I need to, I probably put my hood on to go with it. There oh, we go. Yeah. Now we can yeah. stay warm. Yeah. Now it here. looks like
0: you're broadcasting from like Antarctica or something. Yeah,
1: dude. It's, it's basically Texas is cold, man. People don't understand it. Texas is cold. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, you call me the prodigal on. Unfortunately, I was not like, I was not gone just partying and going crazy all last week. Whenever, whenever Jeff was recording, uh, I was planning to go visit the in laws for the holidays, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which is Mm -hmm. always just lots of fun.
0: I mean, we'll just have to take your word for it, but.
1: Yeah, you know. Uh, But I did get to listen to, while I was down in San Antonio, I did get to listen to the previous podcast. And no, I was not yelling at my phone when I was listening, Jeff, Jeff thought I was going to be yelling at everybody. You were just
0: shaking your head. Weren't you? You were just like,
2: not mad. Just
1: disappointed. (laughs) Just disappointed. disappointed. Have I said that a bunch this year? Uh, We could talk about that as we do the end of year wrap ups uh, later, but okay. So there were a couple of things that, that I, I would have brought up uh, and like the match administration was, was fairly poor at this match. I mean, I, I was I think that was kind of said, but like that mm-hmm. it, that was somewhat stated. Um, just when we when we drove up, Jeff made the comment is like this looks like a much bigger deal than USPSA Ironsight Nationals looked like. Because they had like this huge tent and like vendors with big banners up and all this, like in the central like a central gathering point with vendors all over and a big tent and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so it, it looked like a, a bigger event from that standpoint. Uh, the actual experience of the match was was much less so. Uh, and, yeah, they talked about the equipment cards and all that. I was the person who didn't get a, uh, the uh, the equipment, the sign-off sheet on mm-hmm. day one. And then day two, at some point, somebody gave me – one of the ROs gave me one. And I was just like, okay, I don't have – I already have 10 stages with no signatures on I'm not going to try and keep up with this and add four more signatures today. <laughs> so I just, I just ignored it the whole time. Uh, I did get, cur- I did get randomly ch- chosen for Chrono, so that was fun. And it was what was interesting is the guy that was doing the courtesy checks was the guy doing Chrono. He didn't know how to work a, a lab radar. That was I had to help him out and and kind of and tell him how to do that. He didn't know how to run it, so that was kind of that was a little bit sketchy. But like any sort of courtesy check. He was apparently, everybody except for Potato, he was making them move your pouches like, you know, you're, you're too far forward. You, this isn't going to work. And he was, he was very adamant about me that my mag pouch was too far forward, but my gun was completely fine. And I'm looking straight down like vertically. It's like I cannot tell a difference which, like, which one is further forward or, or rearward. One was, and I was like Jeff, which one is which one is further forward? He was like, well, it looks like your mag is further back than your gun actually is. Well, okay. So then I get so then I get sent to the random chrono, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, great. Uh, what is he gonna do at this point? And he like he gla- he just glances at, oh yeah, you're fine. Like <laughs> what? Okay. So at your was at that. your equipment.
0: Yeah. Okay, so the official equipment check
1: was was uh, much more nonchalant. Yeah, it was the same guy. It was the exact same guy doing the courtesy checks, who was very adamant about things. And then the actual actual equipment check, he barely looked at it. Um, so there's that. Uh, that that could be. I think random chrono could be good. I, I think it could mm-hmm. be. They could do it better than how they did it. Uh, how they did it wasn't wasn't the best.
2: Did he burn around for you too before he turned on the lab radar? So for me, he shot around and nothing came up on the screen, and I'm like, "Yeah, you you got to turn it on there, bud." And then he turned it on and
1: then it worked. But he he just torched around for for funsies t- first. I would have I, I would have said I like my quarterback is what I would have told him.
2: <laughs> oh, oh yeah,
1: you shoot forty. Yeah, for me it's just twenty cents. So no, I'm shooting nine millimeter, but with zeros, it's probably close to a quarter. Uh, anyway, no, he didn't. Cause I was watching him turn the, I was watching him like, okay, hit this button, tw- hit this button. Now hit this button twice. Okay. Now you're on, uh, we're good. Um, but the, the other thing that I, I found a little bit frustrating, maybe, maybe found it frustrating. Cause it was our, we hit uh stage seven was our first stage of day two, seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we su- sequentially shot. 32 round 32 round 24 round 32 round if I'm remembering correctly you are correct yeah. so like our first four stages of day two at 7 a.m was like probably almost half the match points uh, at least half the match points in those four stages and and yeah shooting we people talked about shooting in the Sun and I'm not I'm not trying to necessarily complain about the shooting in the Sun part that's that did suck like I'm not I'm not gonna lie that did suck uh but if we're gonna go with the three two one format i what i really didn't like about this match is all the short courses were all stacked together basically all the medium courses were all stacked together and then all the long courses were all stacked together so rather than having a kind of a mix and and zoning stuff such that okay you're gonna shoot three three short courses two mediums and a long and then you'll shoot Three short courses, two mediums, and a long in a six-stage setting, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It was it, everything just got compressed, and so it was it, I. Just I, I would have liked it much better as a competitor had those like the the short courses been spread throughout the other courses, and the the long courses been spread out and not all put in one place. And it there was no real. Like the the stages after seven, eight, nine, ten, there were bays. Two stages later, there were bays that they had big bays, they could have put their big courses, their long courses in those bays, instead of having doubled up short courses in those. So like it wasn't a it wasn't strictly a facilities issue that they couldn't do it from that standpoint. So that was kind of a that was something I, I think they could have done better. Uh, the other thing and this, I, I simply do not understand it. You're in Florida. It rains a freaking ton. Grade your bays so that it doesn't stand water in them. Like, I, I don't under, I don't understand how you have a, you have a range and you're going to put on, you're going to claim to put on world-class matches and you have bays which literally drain into the middle of the bay and you put the shooting area running down the middle of that bay where the water cannot drain out of it. Like, that that to me is like, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna charge whatever we paid for this match, was it three hundred, three twenty-five? I can't remember. Uh, it wasn't wasn't cheap. Uh it's an expensive match. Like that ground is soft. Get a skid loader in there and, and grade it. And yeah, you're gonna have to do that every once in a while because it is soft and it's sandy, but get a skid loader and grade it so that the vase will drain out and your competitors don't have to shoot in rain. And just puddles all the time. But if
0: you're really good at shooting in the rain, that helps you.
1: Yeah, you can tell yourself that, that it's just, (laughs) it's just better shooting in the rain. Uh, (laughs) Look, I I honestly, like, I mean, for, for us, we just, we had, we had bays that were just really sloppy, right? Like they they were still just really sloppy. We weren't, it wasn't actively raining on us. uh, So that was fine. When I'm actually shooting, do I do I notice the the slop in the mud or anything like that? No. Like unless you're falling unless you're on wood that's like wet um or something like that. Or it's so slick that you're like you're sliding. Which that, that would the... or it's mud that's built up against the fault line and is retained yeah. by the fault
2: line such that when you, you there's no tactile feel whatsoever and you have yeah. to look down when you come to the rear, say, of yeah. stage six or uh, yeah, the side yeah. of stage eight, for instance.
1: Well, yeah. So, yeah. And that was the other thing. I don't, I don't understand. Does that range not have access or own uh gravel, pea gravel anywhere? Cause there was zero effort to maintain any sort of shooting area or add, Hey, there's a really low area here. That's really sloppy and muddy. There was zero effort to bring some pea gravel in to like fill those in and make those, those shooting areas, you know, Right, it was equal, like the uh, equal, comp, comp, equal competition for everybody.
0: It was like the the opposite of handgun nationals, right? Where we had this super loose gravel everywhere, yes. and as soon as everyone like ran through and like got it kicked out of the way so you could get some traction, they'd come and rake it back in so you could <laughs> make get it worse traction. Yes. <laughs> so- yeah. Oh, that Ohio Bay.
2: I did cartoon running in place the first time I shot there last <laughs> May for Buckeye. I pushed off really aggressively, and like my feet just went out from underneath me. And I was like, "I'm yeah. running in place with a gun. This is fine." <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, yeah. That that was also comic, comically bad uh, in Ohio as well. So, look, everybody. I like. I got to get my. I got to get my shots in. So those are. Those are somewhat my shots. You're uh, the
0: best at firing shots, Jeremy. I
1: I'm we- good. At least I'm good at something. I got I got something <laughs> to add. That's I'm, I'm happy with that. But like we kept it upbeat
2: and positive, so we, we wanted to save this time for you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I will try to get through it quick so that you know people don't have to listen to it for forever. Um, but like it could be, it could have been a much. It just could have been a better match. Just fix some of that stuff oh and the scoring the scoring calls you guys hit on it a little bit but we had a girl that was uh that was with us that wasn't shooting um billy and there was a stage that was that was being run and there were two targets that she taped she taped those two targets she was taping she wasn't shooting she was she was helping out the squad and taping and and just being cool uh and so she taped like these first two targets on this stage i don't remember i think it was I'm not going to say which stage it was because I don't remember exactly. So I don't want to throw anybody under Mm -hmm. the bus. But she was like, she said, I taped that target for every shooter. And every single shooter either got four alphas or alpha Charlie, alpha Charlie. It did not matter what they actually, what their actual hits were on that target. Like every single shooter either got four alpha or two alpha two Charlie. It's like, I mean you guys are reading off the scores and uh who was it that was they were like only a half a point apart was it was it uh Casey Reed and and somebody else in production that and Sal like, Luna, yeah, and Sal yeah, Luna. Yeah, yeah, yeah like there is a very real op- real chance that that their scores were not right like I, a-
2: I, I think it's a two percent band. Anybody within two percent up or down of anybody else, who knows? You're right. You might have gotten your actual score and they got random alphas they didn't shoot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We had we had a shooter on our squad. This was one of the strangest things I've seen. She she thought shot three times at a target. Uh and the RO called it Alpha Charlie. And the the Alpha was was bigger than a single hit, obviously much bigger than the, than the one above it. I, I walked up and looked at it and there were very two obvious two different grease rings, like two different circumferences. I didn't have to get it. Like there was no need for an overlay. No, nothing like that. She called it alpha Charlie. Another guy on our squad is like, Hey, I, she shot three of this. I think you should look at it. It's like, okay, I'll come back. And she came back and she was like, pulling out overlays. She was talking to the other ROs. Like she spent like five minutes looking at it like, well, I I'm just not sure. I guess we'll give you two alpha. And it's like, that was, that was the easiest call in the world. Like, I, I don't know how an RO has that little experience to be ROing a, what is supposed to be a nationals match or a ipsic level four match. I don't, I don't understand how that happens.
0: Yeah. Uh, and i didn't but. i didn't mention it on uh last episode but i will mention it now that you're here since you were there um on our stage last six. no it was Your stage. last
2: stage of day 1
0: yeah 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 last stage day 1 um i shot and hit the steel and it didn't go down oh. and then i also shot a mic on a target or a miss and we finished and I looked at the tablet and I hit approve and I didn't notice anything. And I think Jeremy had it pulled up on his phone or something. And we were looking at it and he was like, there's only one mic on here. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well I'll go talk to the RO and like another, I think one more shooter had already gone one or two more. And so yeah, I went up to the it, RO. It was
1: a while before it uploaded.
0: Yeah. I went up to the RO and I was like, Hey, uh, I had a, I had a mic on steel and a mic on paper on this stage, and my score is only showing one of those. And he's like, "Oh, well, good for you, I guess." And uh, that was that was the end of it. <laughs> he he uh, was not concerned with with getting that score corrected. I was like, "Oh, you don't want to try to get it changed or anything?" Nope. Okay, so I just walked <laughs> off, but yeah, that happened.
2: The same stage, I uh, there was a full, very clearly just like an inch inside, full diameter hit in a barrel, nice bright blue barrel because it had been painted black. And um, the the arrow calls it at Alpha Charlie, and I am like, "God, do you want me to get some black paint um, for <laughs> this full diameter hole on the, It wasn't I wasn't the shooter on the barrel. He's like, "Oh yeah, that'd be really helpful." And I am like, "Do you want me to paint these other two holes on it too?" Oh, I'm <laughs> it's Like well, there's three people who didn't get a mic on that target. Yeah,
1: and that's <laughs> like if if they're going to charge what they want to charge for these matches, then like expectations for like scoring uh equity sh- is higher. Like that's supposed to be like this is supposed to like if we're going to call it a nationals, and it's like we're going to award mm-hmm. national champion trophies for this then uh like this that that's just 100% unacceptable like that like in in no way is that acceptable anyway uh there there was there was also another this is a good one this is a really good one uh it was a stage where uh i kind of got i it was my worst stage of the match uh, it, it hurt me a lot you you shot two two poppers in the middle and then it activated two swingers on the outside. And you started in the middle. You shot him. So I shot him. Ting, ting. I go to the right. Shoot the swinger. Run all the way to the left. Aim for the swinger. It's And wait. It's not moving. Like, I wait because, like, maybe it's finally, oh, it's not moving. I look over. The steel's up. Go shoot it. I had edged it. Like, so, like, I mean, it really sucked because I didn't know that I edged it. And I was waiting. It sucked. Like, it, it sucked. But anyway, there was another shooter who... I never got the name specifically, but I have a pretty good idea who it was. Well, very well-known shooter. He shot. He shot it, um, and I think his maybe hung up on a cable or something. I'm not exactly sure. So he shot it. He went back. The swinger's not going. He goes back and he drives that popper down, and then goes back and shoots it, uh, and whatnot. The RM was standing right there, I guess, when he did it. So he, he shot it. He shot everything down. Shot the course fire. That's that. He goes to approve his score. And the RM comes up to him and says, don't worry, I got you. And gave him a reshoot. Just right there. Like, just here, just have a reshoot. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> Not exactly the way it's supposed to be done. I mean, I don't think the rules quite allow for the RM to just say "I got you" and just hand out reshoots. I maybe there are, but you know, yeah, it helps to be a sponsored shooter. So, like, what we need to get sponsored. I don't know what it takes. We need to get sponsored.
2: Oh, we already have I'm, I'm waiting for Reed Pistol Smithing to give me a call back.
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh, unfortunately, you shoot. Um, you single shoot stack. Dot gun. You shoot a dot gun. Say, I'm currently shooting single stack, brother. You did not shoot single stack at this last match. This is true. I probably won't the next one. That's good. Uh, we'll see if what with if, if Reed Pilsen, I think, has room for more for more sponsorships. <laughs> Just be clear, I offer
2: your business absolutely nothing. There's zero ROI from supporting me. I have no social media presence. In my opinion, doesn't matter. I will not win anything, um, and I am unlikely to move any product for you if indeed your books were open. But I appreciate this generous offer of sponsorship, and I accept.
1: Dude, you're what are you talking about? You're famous. You're on the Hit Factor podcast. Dude, he's still the most interesting man in practical shooting. Absolutely. Like there is un get that unequivocally- man. Yeah, get that man at Dosekis. Shit unequivocally we need to make him like a thermos or a t-shirt or something or no we should all wear t-shirts of the most interesting interesting man in practical shooting and it has potatoes right and it'll just be it. a picture
2: of a potato
1: yeah just
0: just a potato with some gray hair drinking a
1: dosakis that'd be the shit dude <laughs> that, we need to make somebody who has t-shirt making abilities please please make this happen we will use discord money to to buy some shirts from you if you have that ability to make that happen that would be a killer so what about game. your
2: match jeremy we didn't ask you that
1: uh we didn't. well okay before we get to my match the, the the one other thing that that came up because uh i i th- i find this pretty interesting that you know the, the the dot people at this match were really talking a lot about how how close and easy all of the shooting was and mm-hmm. you look at the open scores and you look how compressed the scores in open were. And I think without Jacob Hetherington in in production optics, you would probably see it somewhat in production optics, the compression of the scores too. He kind of just skewed that a little bit. Uh, so you, you see like the the difficulty of shooting was too easy for the guys in open gun. Okay. But you start getting into the dot into the iron sight divisions, and and it started being a more like, I would much rather shoot this match than Ironsight Nationals from a, from a like, it was, it was a better test than Ironsight Nationals for me. Where I would have liked to have seen some more distant shooting in it, which, you know, Stage 9 is like, well, okay, I'll give you more distance shooting. No, like, like, Stage 17, like, a little bit more of what Stage 17 had to offer sprinkled in throughout the match would have been really good. Uh, there, there could have been a few more arrays. Okay, let's push these. Let's push these a a, a little bit further out, and that, that would have been good. But for the most part, for iron sighted shooters, I thought it was actually semi appropriate. It wasn't crazy. Uh, it wasn't like just crazy easy. Um, but it was, I think, just a little bit on the on the easier side for any sort of dot gun. And I think the scores kind of reflected that. So I think they could have they could have done a very similar match. And basically just pushed everything three to five yards further. And you would have seen those, like the dot people, it would have more appropriately challenged them as well. If you had even just taken half the stages and just add five yards, same targets, same, same stage, add five yards to them and all the dot shooters. Then you would have started seeing more points down, uh, more hesitation for on the move shooting and stuff like that. And you would have had more room for separation.
2: I mean, I think some of the top guys would have shot it in the same time, and the guys right behind them would have dropped some points. Right. Yeah, I think the very top of the open field could shoot that match with most of the targets three yards farther in basically the same time. The limitation on the time wasn't aiming. Right. Correct. Stage navigation. But you're absolutely correct. You'd see a lot more separation. I don't know how would that play for um, iron sights if the average stage
1: was – Average target was three yards farther. Uh, I mean, like, so I, I, again, I think we were, you could do that and still be super appropriate for iron shooters. Like that doesn't turn it into what iron sight nationals was. And, and I don't necessarily know if you would have had to have done that on every stage, but just they take half the stages and and push the targets just a little bit further out on, on half the stages. And I think, I think that, the dot guys would have been a little bit more interested. It's almost—I mean, even the forget the the score compression—it just would have been a little bit more interesting match for more of the dot guys. Uh, yeah. I think.
0: I think we really and just, just as keep...
1: interesting for the yeah. Ironside guys.
0: Yeah, we think we we keep seeing it over and over that we're just we're getting to a point where we really need to start. Like, having separated matches, I think. Like, when it comes to a Nationals match anyway, like, they need to be separated, in my opinion, to have your DOT Nationals and your Ironside Nationals. Because, yes, you could have made it more interesting for dot for DOTs at this one, but that doesn't mean it was, like, the ultimate test for a DOT guns. And, right. um, and, you know, vice versa. Like, the ultimate test for a DOT gun is going to be, you know... Stupid. It's going to be stupid for iron sights.
1: Yeah, it's just going to be a bloodbath.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be I miserable. Um, so, I mean, I think you know, level ones and level twos, yeah, we'll make do. You you fit what you can and you make it work. But nationals, I really think they need to separate them out, and they kind of have been, other than you know, throwing in limited optics with with iron sights,
1: but... which makes it uh, a a diet match.
0: It's Yeah, It's I mean, it was half a dot match for sure.
1: So, yeah. uh, my match was, well, I mean, it, it fit kind of my narrative for the year that I was pretty competitive day one and day two, like I, I pretty well fell off. Um, and that was kind of, <laughs> it seems to have been like looking back on the year, that's really been my narrative for a lot of the year as I've had, I've had come out decently uh day one and just pretty well fell off on day two um nerves were pretty like nerves were kind of bad day one and that was it just took a while for those to shake off and so my my biggest i really struggled with steel at this match the steel and and not on not on difficult pieces of steel like i mean fairly easy easy steel and i just I w- it wasn't that I wasn't aiming hard enough. I was, I was just jerking the gun off the target when I was, as I was pulling the trigger, and causing several. I think I, I think I shot myself into four or five standing loads uh, at this match, which was, you know, you start looking at that in like yeah. your overall time, that starts getting really painful uh, and really destructive. So, I mean, that's just kind of what happened. I, I told. I was talking to Bob about it afterwards. Um, Like I did a lot of really good shooting at this match. Like it, like it it just from, from behind the gun, from what I'm watching to the scores that I'm seeing, I did a lot of really good shooting and I did a small amount of some really poor shooting. And that made a, that small amount of poor shooting made a huge difference in my overall scores. Yeah. So, you know that's there's there's positives for the year as far as if we're looking at like my just progression through the year or progression from last year to this year there's some good positives from that uh I'm I'm leaving this match really frustrated but for a different reason than what I was frustrated with last year so all
0: right all right so we have new frustration yeah pretty much but but
2: but your trend is back you're competitive yeah you don't feel like every stage you're off the pace or the points you feel like in really specific spots there's lapses of concentration or there's sort of behind the gun nerves inattention whatever it is but by and large you're going into most stages and you're like hey i'm here to 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 compete for all these match points
1: yeah, no. I mean, pretty. Mo- I mean, for the most part, uh, the stages where I was not having the the dumb, stupid stuff, I was, I was very competitive to be winning those stages. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I definitely at least feel like with the field that was in at this match, um, I felt very competitive within it, beyond mm-hmm. just the the dumb mistakes. So, so we got to do something to to eliminate those. Um, it it is interesting coming into the off season now because for me personally, like my biggest motivation to work on stuff is right after a big match. Mm-hmm. Like that's when like you're the most motivated to want to work on stuff and do stuff. And typically, the last match of the year is usually your biggest match of the year. Um, maybe not the case for Potato because. C O NATs is in June. But but uh so that's kind of interesting. Like I'm I'm at the point is okay, I'm glad the off season's here, but at the same time I'm I'm almost I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get going again. And Western States is not that far away. Which no. registration opens up for that pretty soon actually. Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, December one.
0: Yeah. So when this comes out?
1: Yep. Biggest single stack match of the year. It is. Yeah, it will be. It is. We should just start calling that
0: single stack nationals.
1: It would be kind of funny if they if they tried to put it on top of that. Uh, Other time of year.
0: Yeah, they should change the name of it. Like just change it to like the single stack world championship or something like that.
1: Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Interstellar
2: championship. (laughs)
1: Uh, But the price has gone up on that match. That match used to be like a really inexpensive match. It's now like Mm -hmm. I was looking at it. It's like $175 entry fee. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's gone up
2: and mandatory two day schedule, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Thursday, Friday or
2: Saturday, Sunday.
1: Yeah. 14 stages. And seven and seven. It's in Arizona, but if anybody's going that hasn't been before, don't let the Arizona part fool you. Like the coldest matches that I've almost ever shot have always not coldest, but it's always really freaking cold because they start really freaking early, and it's it's just always cold. Like a, like last year was like spitting rain and cloudy day two. I mean, it was hand warmers, and I was wearing like a this jacket like between shooting the whole time, uh, so it wasn't wasn't exactly pleasant last year. And that seems to be every time I go to Arizona to shoot. That's how it is. So. Oh, boy. And you'll be back again in April? And then yeah. we'll be back in April. Yeah, I mean, so for me, like, this is a... Six weeks later is, is yeah. really how
2: it works. It's like February 24th and then April 12th or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Western State's kind of a mandatory match for me this year, assuming I can get in. I'm actually kind of wondering how many people are going to shoot it because it is same range and, and close close proximity time-wise with Ipsy mm. Nationals. Um. So normally it's not a match that fills up. Normally you can get in like day of if you wanted to. I'm cu- I'll be curious to see if it if it fills up more this year than it has in the past. I'm
2: looking forward to my chance to take a run at the US IPSC champ.
0: <laughs> yeah. Should be fun shooting in the cold. You're going to be used to it. And now uh, this will be interesting because um I am going to slowly become detrained <laughs> up until this match. Uh, and you're going to be getting more used to your single stack up until this match. So I'm sure it'll be Step very Definitely keeping it
2: full. It's a real problem for me. You
1: can do it. You you got this. Uh and this like this is a single stack match and so luckily you don't you don't typically end up with any like, yeah, they're going to force you to shoot to eight some, but you also, (coughs) it's not set up like an open shooter where you've got 14 round positions. They know everybody's shooting eight round guns. And so it actually ends up being, usually you'd be in really good stages. Uh, Practice your 50 yard shooting because it will be, have a 50 yard Schmidt standards. So you need to be able to hit stuff at 50 yards.
0: Be sure you're getting like in your uh, your thirty push-up three-on steel challenge reps. Oh yeah, that's that's
2: phenomenal for my iron sight aiming to under stress. Not even kidding.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I can only the... do it once once a range session.
1: Ooh <laughs> man, yeah, I got it. I started started actual work on my push-ups to to get those uh, where I don't get tired. I can go as hard as I want for 30 and not get tired or slow down at all to get through all those reps. So the 30 by 3 challenge, if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out Instagram. I mean, I'm i going to start posting videos. Of, we have actually lots of people have participated so far. So I'm going to start posting video and we'll try to rein in because we need to get guys like Isaac Lockwood. Like that dude's fit. Like he works out all the time. JJ's working out all the time. Like there's, there's lots of other guys that Aaron Eddins looks like a guy who's, who stays really fit. Uh, there's lots of guys out there that, that stay uh, quite fit that should, uh, should be able to put a pretty good run.
2: Chris Tillian, and
1: challenge. BJ Norris. Uh, dude, I, I mean, BJ,
2: BJ, BJ I, could shoot that steel faster than anybody else. He would have 40 splits on it. No problem.
1: Well, and after going to Border Patrol, and he's trimmed up and he's fit, like BJ Mike could wreck some people. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that one.
2: Once he stands up, man, nobody's nobody's gonna catch him.
1: Well, and he doesn't have as far to go to get down either, so that that's just an advantage there, or get up. So that's a huge advantage. True. Uh, but I do. I will have a weekend challenge coming out too. So if people are bored with the thirty by three, we'll have a weekend challenge. Uh, I have I have hopes and dreams of having some sort of prize to give out whenever these finish. So uh, I'll, I will be. I'll start working on that. Hopefully, I'll get.
0: get oh, update out. On, I think,
2: on. I do think you got to give a prize for longest sincere effort
1: for the the push up one.
0: Hmm.
1: But uh, we might could do that. I mean, Jeff's is. (laughs) Jeff's there.
2: Jeff's is fine. Jeff's is totally fine. He's done it once and it was like, what, 51 seconds? Totally legit. Not a problem.
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think I did one. One was like just over 50. And then I did one that was like, it was in the 40s. It's like a 46. Yeah, 48 seconds
2: or something. 46. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You did
0: them in the same
2: session.
1: Yeah, you're fine. I, I do think on the 30 by three, I think like a 45 second, like a sub 45 is like you're in, you're in solid physical condition and you're, you're in decent control of your shooting fundamentals. Like, so a 45 seconds, kind of like a, a really good baseline of, Hey, you can, you can, you're in good enough shape to, you can bust out 30 push ups, uh, and you can shoot well enough to, to get to get your hits um
0: so you're saying that i'm in decent shape and i'm solid b class
1: didn't you say you were 48 seconds
2: <laughs> he all he did was set the threshold just underneath you jeff it didn't matter what your time was there was a threshold coming <laughs> and it was going to be right underneath you i but will the tell you my last one was 45 fast, seconds right. and there was five reloads <laughs> yeah. okay so I shot my three rounds, and then it took me five more mags to, to, to hit the steel two more times. Mm-hmm.
1: But you're but you're busting out those push ups pretty darn quick. Like I mean, there's really. there's dude, there's only you can only go so fast like on push ups. Like if you're doing full extension push ups, you can only go so fast because like the faster you push up, it's like the longer it takes for you to come back down. You can't force your speed going down really. Uh, so I'm doing wait, these would... dumb plyo
2: pushups where I'm throwing myself up and then you have like this hang time yeah. you wait to fall
0: down. You know, that would be a good strategy. If you could anchor something to the ground so you could pull yourself down. Yeah. Go faster. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Well, it's just this little, uh, I mean, you could just use a little 10 pound dumbbell so you could, you know, pull down, push up, pull down, push up.
1: Yeah. That would help. I think uh caton would give you crap for it being incline push-ups at that point.
2: If you use a two by four I mean, to get out of the mud, they're
1: incline push ups is what I heard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That dealing with dealing with the gravel and and mud on your hands is part of this challenge.
2: The that best way I me to reduce time to first shot is to just shoot with my hands gritty. Yep. Because I lose like a full two and a half seconds trying to wipe them off on the seat of my pants.
1: Yeah, two there ain't half, no time shoot. for that.
0: Why don't you just do push-ups on a two-by-four?
1: Because that's My po- ground's like, money. It's oh, part my... of it. Just deal with it. Suck it up, Jeff. Get your little sissy office hands out there and get some dirt in under your fingernails. <laughs> it did. <laughs> well, I didn't get any dirt under my fingernails. But,
0: <laughs> but I, I got my sissy little office hands down there. On a piece of wood, you weren't even on the dirt. No, I wasn't. I had, I was still in my office clothes, man. Can't get them all trashed. I had like 10 <sighs> minutes of
1: daylight. Uh, but I will say I think I've only seen one video where somebody hits hits it the first three shots. Yours?: Is that your video?. <laughs> I think I've only seen one video.: Wow.
2: Wow, Jeremy. Wow. That's not even a humble brag. That's like a T-ball brag, where it's like no. you stick the brag on the T, and then you you yourself put the ball there, and then you walk around to the other side of the plate, take a mighty swing, and, you know, knock it into the outfield.
1: That, I, I see how that came out. That was...
2: Do you know what I haven't seen from you? A video with a timer repeating that feat.
1: That's that's true. I've actually not been back to the range since then. Uh I but I, that's partly why because I'm scared because I'm afraid if I go to the range I won't be able to hit the steel again. Uh, I'm a little bit a little bit worried about that. I actually did not. I, I'm just going to shut up now. I didn't. I did not mean for that to be a brag. <laughs> Whatever. But it came out. It came out poorly. It came out that way. Look. Okay. Yeah. I just I crushed it. And every you guys need to learn how to hit steel at 40 yards. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Work on your trigger. Press. Well,
2: 60 yards was my first effort.
1: Or 60 yards. Either way. Yeah, but with a dot, I mean, come on. You don't even have to aim. It basically aims itself. Oh, the
2: dot doesn't you. make the gun move less at distance. It just <laughs> tells gosh. you it's moving more.
1: <laughs> That's perfectly fine.
2: <laughs> like, for me, the challenge me? in hitting steel is holding the gun still. It's not aligning the sights. So it's a great yeah. challenge, and, I'm, and I don't think you should change anything about it. But for me, personally, like, what's fun about the challenge is keeping my hands still for three shots. Yeah. Um, I think I could probably hit it first time 90% of the time, but
1: I can't hit it three times in a row. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean the, yeah, I, I think most people now, after the pushups, this gets harder, but most people they they can hold the steel like that. Like there's like, it's not, it's not such a hard target that they cannot hit it or that they can't hold it with their sights. Meaning they can they can hold on it and their sights aren't moving off the steel. Most people I think can probably do that. Uh, it's can they can they pull the trigger and not move it off of the steel while they're pulling the trigger is really kind mm. of the the big challenge there I think for people. So, all right, enough about enough about thirty by three. Uh, people, people, we need to talk. We have I checked it today. I think like 860 views on our video, YouTube video, match Mm -hmm. video from Area 3. It's really more of a race video uh, to see some really elite level running. Um, So if you guys have – if you're listening to this and you have not watched that video, stop this recording. Just stop right now. Like don't even hear what I'm about to say. Stop and go to YouTube and go watch the other video uh, because it's awesome. Like it's, it's, it was done really well and you should go watch it and then you should share it with your friends so that they can see it because it's cool and it's fun and it's going to make you want to go shoot a match with your friends next year. At least I feel like that's what it's going to do.
0: No, I agree. It definitely gives that vibe. You want to be there.
1: We need, we need more eyes on it. We need it to grow bigger so that we can do, for those of you that have watched it, Uh, like lots of people was like, Hey, we need, we want more videos like this. We want more videos like this. Well, it costs, it costs money to produce. And so we want to do more videos like this. We just have to get as many eyes on it as possible so that we can make it such that somebody would want to help us do another video. So that's not, that's not Jeff and I making money. That's just simply money to pay the producer the video videographer and the editor to be able to do that stuff. Yeah. Cause they, uh,
0: believe it or not, they're better at it than, so if you can still hear
2: Jeremy right now, it means you've watched the video. Good
1: job. That's right. That's right. Oh, other thing that's happening next year. We'll at least put it out. Now this is not, this is subject to change because the match isn't, uh, It's not yet on practice score, but the single stack raid for next year Mm. is looking like it's probably going to be at the Kentucky State match, which is, for you CO shooters, unfortunately, it is two weeks before CO Nationals. So that's that's bad. I wish it was two weeks after CO Nationals, honestly, would be my preference for that as far as the single stack raid part. But I do feel like a lot of the CO shooters, like they're shooting CO and or production if they have iron sights, they're probably not shooting a lot of single stack. So that may not be a huge deal. But everybody else, get your single stack gun out. Plan on shooting the Kentucky State match. Leif is running it. He's match director for it. I've actually not shot one of Leif's match, but I've seen videos of it. And and I've talked to people who have shot his matches, and I hear just nothing but great things. And so it's gonna be a great match. Uh, there's lots of bourbon whiskey tours that you can go on. He's very close to all the distilleries out there, so you know you can make a trip out of it, which would be lots of fun. Mm. And we can come see who's gonna be the hit factor single stack raid champion. I may make a separate trophy just for that match. That would be cool. What if you built a gun? Hey, yeah. Uh, I may try to have a different a trophy. Uh, (laughs) You know what? I actually would. What I would actually love to do. I would love to take like just old junk parts and just like weld them together, such that they spell out like hit factor singles like SS raid or something like that. Like slide stops and thumb safeties and. Yeah. And just, just weld them all together and make some sort of esoteric art trophy type thing. That would be cool. You should
2: do it with a demilled uh sliding frame, so it's not an FFL item. And so you could just uh spell with little metal pieces on
1: a chopped up frame. Uh hit factor single stack rage, champ. I don't I don't have any frames like that laying around, but I've got s I got some junk slides that I could that I could definitely weld parts onto the, the slide could be the base, and I could definitely weld parts onto that, which would be fun to to make, and it'd be kind of cool. So that would be pretty sweet if you came up with something like that. Yeah, I it might will, even show up. Do that. Jeff's gonna be there. He has to be there. Well, uh, of-
2: uh, all the only thing separating
1: Jeff from Attendant
2: is you driving him there.
1: I have exactly. to go through freaking Oklahoma to get there. So I'm Man, sure he will jump in the back of my car.
0: Has ever, has anyone like ever I bet he didn't even discussed and realized like how perfectly placed where I live is? It's just everywhere that somebody goes, they just come through Oklahoma. It's just it's amazing.
1: There's, there's a weird pause that just happened. The recording crapped out. We had to restart it. Uh, so, yeah, go shoot. Kentucky, sign up for Kentucky State when it comes out. Leif's going to put on a great match. I'm going to make a cool trophy. And now Jeff is going to talk about our awesome sponsors.
0: Yes, our awesome sponsor, show sponsor, today's show sponsor, is Shooter's Connection. So if you guys don't know who shooters connection is, they are a supporter of the practical shooting sports. They sponsor lots of matches and they have for a very long time run by competitive shooters. They're doing same day shipping and, um, so support them. If you guys need stuff for the off season, or if you're like potato here and you just say, screw it and you're not taking an off season, then go get your stuff to keep shooting from them. Um, Use the link in the description that lets them know um, that you came from here. So thank you, Shooter's Connection. And then also we have our Patreon shout out from Mr. J. Headland, John Headland. Shout out to Roy Morrison for being a general badass and an inspiration to the, the group to not take ourselves too seriously and just load and shoot the damn gun and Mr. Patrick Kelly for always being a sounding board and a place for honest
1: feedback when you really need to hear it. So genuine. I love that John like like so the the shout outs that John's doing like like he's paying for that. Like it's a it is right. a extra level, extra Patreon level for Jeff's retirement fund and he uses that to like just shout out other people. That's awesome. To uplift people. Yeah. Yeah. That's.
0: Yeah. Because I can tell you right that now. That Headland like,
1: guy, keep your
2: eyes on him. He if that were people.
0: me, like, if I were paying for shout outs, I would be like hopping on here every week and telling Jeremy to eat shit. To <laughs> be like. <laughs> 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 and today's show you. is
2: brought to you by our Patreon sponsor, Jeff, the champ, <laughs> Coffin, <coughing, laughs> who's here to remind Jeremy Reed of yet another.
0: Crushing defeat, uh, right? Like eat, that's what it would be. Eat shit, Jeremy. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so on that note, final topic of the evening is reflection. So we're just going to reflect on this season and what what it held. What it meant to us I want Jeremy to start.
1: <laughs> With that run up, I mean how could I go wrong? Uh I mean like it like this has been a I think this has been probably a fairly memorable year. Like trips have been fun. Like matches that I have shot have been have been fun matches uh and so that's that's been good, you know. The like the fact that we got that video produced again. We would love to do more in the future, but if that's the only one that we ever do, and that like that's it, like I'm really glad that we just got that done uh, and we kind of got that preserved. Like, hey, this is this is what this is what we do when we go to matches, uh, and it's what kind of what we're what we want to try to do to make them fun, and yeah, be as competitive as we can possibly be even for really unathletic looking middle-aged white guys racing. Uh that was so bad. I will remember that for forever. That has changed my <laughs> mental image of myself uh for the worse forever. I'm actually going to work on my uh my running. My running yeah, form Jer- over the off seasons. Jeremy's like super self-conscious about the way he stands and walks now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like i I don't have I don't have great posture. Like I just I just don't. And like it's really evident in that video. And it was like as I'm walking around matches now after that video, I'm like everyone's like, like remind myself like oh, pull those shoulders back a little bit. Like <laughs> try not to slouch so bad. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that's a take. That's a takeaway from from the shooting season. But yeah. you know this was this for me. This was a good year. Like I got back into being competitive again uh the last few years really had gone had gone bad from competitive storm but really like even like training like didn't do as much training didn't enjoy as much like i i enjoyed the training this year i enjoyed the process uh so that was fun and and yeah like there's there's improvement back to being competitive again which is cool uh you know i I would I want to try to figure out a way to get rid of the nerves. Um like that was that was really just evident at as as matches got closer to being closer to the end of it or the second half of them, I'm in contention to do well or have a really good performance and the nerves just kind of get get the better of me. So yeah, that's kind of something for me to think about and contemplate and try to work on for okay, how am I going to how am I going to perform better when it matters not just perform better period
0: Mm -hmm. which is a little mind-boggling to me that nerves are are still that big of an issue for as long as you have been shooting competitively
1: yeah i mean like it but that's been anything i've ever done like it's like nerves have been have always just kind of just kind of always just an issue uh so You know we'll see Maybe I'll mess with some beta blockers or something next year And see if they Yeah Yeah. do some drugs do uh, I mean <laughs> I don't know about that I mean I guess if, I mean I guess a beta blocker You could classify that as some sort of drug Man a oh, little yeah.
2: Abedalol among friends never hurt nobody
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know <laughs> what that is That's a beta blocker Oh yeah so we'll see maybe I'll mess with that some I what I what I know that I probably need to do and I don't want to do but I probably need to do is when I was videoing li- I was going live on Instagram and videoing cold runs in practice that probably the matches after that were probably the best that I ever performed like my like cold runs first runs of the match that sort mm-hmm. of thing that was that was when I did that best. It's not fun to put yourself, like, put your practice, like, live video your practice. It's fun to to take video of practice and post that because then you can just, you can wait till you, you can wait till you have a good run and post it and make yourself look good. If you post it live, like, there's a really good chance you could make yourself look like a not good shooter. Um, so that's kind of uncomfortable to, to do that, but that was, that was really effective in the past, so... Maybe I'll do some of that next year. Yeah. But it's fun. I'm, I'm, I, the, the, the group of people that we have hanging out, like the, is expanding. Like the people that, like we got to actually meet Potato and Jay, uh, hung out a little bit more with Tyler this year than talk, talk more with him in person in the past. You know, the, the crew, the Area 3 crew with Brett and John and Bob and Nils, um, Mid pack Mike coming out, like he seems to just travel all over the country. So, yeah, like just like, like that's kind of just an ever expanding crew of people, uh, that's just fun to hang out with too. So, Mm -hmm. so that's that's actually really good too.
0: Yeah, about you, Saul. Oh, you should give us
2: your year first. Your year is better.
0: It was the same year. (laughs) <laughs> all right fine Jeez. um no this year was it was absolutely incredible um and i feel like i i feel this way about a lot of years but um that's just one of the things that this sport brings me is just just incredible life experiences traveling around meeting people and like jeremy said um like once again this sport has brought me new experiences, new friends. I met Saul this year. Got to meet him. Incredible. Incredible conversation with the most interesting man in practical shooting. Got to meet Jay and uh, I've been wanting to meet Jay.
1: He's like the second most interesting man, right? I know.
0: And we we met them both at the exact same time, right? Yes. Um,
1: The most eclectic collection of four people at a treehouse sitting in a treehouse eating dinner that I think I've ever been a part of
0: yeah so got to got to meet Saul and Jay and got to hang out with them and like Jeremy said we got to hang out with Ty a little bit more Uh, I met uh Leif got to meet Leif this year and uh Jeremy's buddy Brett I got to meet Brett and hang out with him a lot this year and uh John McClain and Nils and, and Bob a bit more. Um, so, yeah, it was just an absolutely incredible year that made my life just that much better, man. And that that's why I keep coming back to this thing. Like, even if I can convince myself to quit the sport because I don't want to shoot anymore, like, just the experiences that this, this thing brings me, like, bringing people on here and talking to them and traveling around. And meeting new people. Like if it's if it was that alone, then I'd probably keep doing it. Um yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. And on top of that, I kicked Jeremy's ass all year long. (laughs) So (laughs) so um yeah, we won some great matches and uh got to shoot in a lot of cool places. Stayed in some really cool places, the place in Nebraska, the Barn Dominium, and uh, Jeremy picked us out a
1: doozy in Florida, so that was a good one, Dude, too. That was that was a good one. <laughs> really good one.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, to, to cap the year off, I technically got a national championship title from IPSC U.S. Nationals, which honestly, like did not see that coming at all because I really thought Elias was going to shoot this match and he's going to show up and kick my ass again. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of came out of nowhere that, that I got to do that and get that. So it's a freaking great year, like all the way around. It, it beat the, beat the heck out of the last couple of years, honestly even and and those were pretty good so
1: mostly because you were shooting a proper gun again
0: yeah yeah there is that (laughs) yeah well honestly i am back to shooting like a gun that i really really like to shoot Uh, like i'm i'm a mechanically inclined i like mechanical things and the 1911 it like it it scratches that itch pretty good. It's just like super I don't know, it's super intriguing, super mechanical. Right? Um and it just feels amazing for me. So I'm really glad to be shooting the 1911 and I don't imagine that I will ever pick up another division as my main division. Uh, so I'll I'll probably dabble here and there, but yeah, 1911 is just, I'm here to stay. I'm home, boys. I'm home. That's right. Yeah. So right. Boomers that's this. I've kind of adopted this as my my duty in the sport is just to like to promote single stack. Right. That That's what I'm here for. I'm here to, to travel around and shoot matches and shoot single stack and talk about single stack and make sure that it's not a dying division because I think that's what it needs. I think it needs like diehard people in the division being active in the sport, going around and being a part of it. Um, so that's what I want to do. That's, that's my mission in in practical shooting is travel around, meet incredible people like Potato and
1: promote the single stack religion. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I think, I think you can be effective at that uh, because look at, look at limited. Like you look at just like, look at the emergence of, of Sauerland and Scott Brown. And and now, I mean, really Gianni towards the end of this year. Uh, But like you just limited was a field that like the last few years, I mean, okay, like there's – it's a big field, but really wasn't – like the top end wasn't – we were never talking about those guys as like the elite guys in the sport. We were looking more yeah. at people in open, people in CO, people in production. But then you throw in a guy like, okay, Scott's emergence and then Sourland's uh, kind of explosion on the scene, and all of a sudden it's like Limited is now – like just adding those two to the same mix that has been there – like limited is now like probably the most competitive division that we have almost any match you go to because like just you just throw in a a couple people that are really good into a division and it really changes the it changes the overall profile and feel of whoever's winning and competing in those matches yeah
0: yeah so that that needs to be the mission here is like shoot single stack as well as i possibly can and, and travel around the country and try to entice people to come and beat me. So, that's what we're doing.
1: Yeah. That's great.
0: All right, Potato. Tell us about your year and all the feels.
2: Uh, well, it's hard hard to follow that. Uh, that, that was very wholesome. Um, and I say that not to diminish it. That was like... Uh, Definitely the highlights of my years were, well years, we'll just do one. The highlight of my year uh, was uh, squatting with different people, traveling with different people, going to different matches, and uh, a few different separate orbits of people. So it's not just I have the same people I shot every match with. I shot with very different squads that sort of you know bring out very different sides, different people, different divisions, and uh, that was a ton of fun. In terms of performance, they front-loaded my season, like everyone who primarily shoots carry optics, by putting the Nationals in June, which meant, you know, I shot a bunch of matches in May and June, and then it's like, what now? Uh, Yeah. Luckily, I already had a plan in place, which is I picked up a single-stack minor gun last winter with the specific plan of shooting single-stack at majors I work. So I try and work two or three majors a year. If I'm working there, just how I'm wired, I'm not saying this is everybody. But for me, my performance takes a huge dive if I'm running a tablet and a timer the whole day and I'm thinking about shoot throughs and I'm trying to proof stages and I'm trying to be good staff. I'm just not that good a competitor. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, what? I need a division I don't care about where when I'm staff, I'm just going to have fun. But unfortunately, the particular way my brain is broken, once I have my just have fun division and I go and I shoot it in a couple of matches, I'm like, man, this is, this is a lot of low hanging fruit here. If I start practicing at this division, I bet I can get better. Uh, and then, you know, so now I think the way I'm going to set up next year is informed entirely by this year. I'm going to have a series of major matches in single stack and a series in carry optics or some other dot division. I hear there's another one batting around Um, (laughs) where I can use my CO gun without even changing anything. Sounds great to me. Um, Twice as many nationals. Uh, Yeah. And basically I'm just going to be training towards one or the other. Um, And uh, maybe I'll, I'll work in one day a week or one day every other week with the other gun, just to sort of maintain familiarity. But something I had noticed that it's not, doesn't take keen powers of observation is the people who are really good at this are really good at this. And then they like hop into a different division and they're really good at that one too. Right. Like Garen Singleton picks up a revolver. Turns out he's really good at it. Like Mason swaps on a 40 slide and goes and wins limited nationals in 2020. Right. So if I want to be good at shooting, it doesn't really matter how invested I am in a specific division. Once you're, you have a baseline level of skill, like the people who are good at shooting are good at shooting. Um, and so if it's more interesting for me to pursue that in different divisions, I'm not handicapping myself by not fully committing to a single division that occupies all of my time, which is what I had heard before. So anyway, that's not really a reflection on the year. Um, the year was a good year. Like, I feel like I'm a way better shooter than I was a year ago. But I have no evidence of that in terms of percentage at <laughs> <of> matches. <laughs> but I know it. And that's what matters, right? Uh, and its yeah. I've got some really, really new and interesting mental struggles. The nerves thing that Jeremy was talking about is fascinating to me. Because I just have really, really crippling sense of overwhelm. And I know, like I also have a very, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, accurate sense of who I am. And I'm, I'm acutely aware that nobody cares. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. where my performance lands me is exactly where anyone who's paying attention expects it to. I neither underperform nor overperform. I am in fact exactly what I look like on paper. I, you know, that is me. And yet I'll walk onto stages at quote unquote, big matches. And my heart rate will get up to, you know, 150, 160 beats per minute after make ready like i'm really really sensing this uh it feels like life and death and Mm. i'm not just positively reframing it i think it's true on some level i really really enjoy that uh (laughs) it's really stressful and it's uh fatiguing but i must enjoy it because i keep putting myself in situations to feel that uh Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when I'm not going to big matches, I think, oh, man, I just love training. I could not shoot matches and just train and get better. And then I go to a big match and I feel like, you know, the, my hands start actually shaking and I could feel my pulse and my temple. I'm like, no, this is what I'm here for. Like all that training, that was its own thing. That's great. But this is what I'm here for. So i um, mm-hmm. looking forward to, to more of that next year.
1: Yeah, this hasn't happened to me often, but feeling that, like, the nerves and the shakiness and all that, like feeling that and then like pulling off like a really good stage while you're feeling that like, yeah, that's why you, that's why you show up to a match because that's awesome. Uh, It's an amazing
2: feeling. I've had it go both ways. I've had 50% stages and I've had stage wins at big matches that are both preceded by nerves. So this is what I mean by like, this is going to be a fun sort of thing for me to unravel. Is like what, what are the mm-hmm. decisions that I'm in control of that sort of influence those outcomes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, it'll be uh, we'll have to swap notes uh, as we go through progress through next year. Cause that's the, that's something for me to tackle for sure.
0: Yeah. It would be interesting to see how y'all like, if you come up with different methods for, for managing your stress, anxiety, whatever it is that you're experiencing, I would really, really like to hear, like, if you come up with something to manage it. I, my my yeah.
2: first attempt is going to be to hype myself up more uh, yeah. at things oh, I yeah. care about less, is to not try and, like, reduce the level of stress and anxiety for things I do care about, but to try and mm-hmm. sort of increase it for
1: things that, like, right now I feel like I don't care about. Right. I don't know how I'll do that, but that's,
2: that's, that's the goal.
1: I still say there's some validity to to just get really pissed off, because then if you're pissed mm-hmm. off, then you don't have you don't have room to be nervous. I didn't do that towards the end of the year. I kind of that kind of faded out. My anger anger faded, and it and it it showed. I wasn't mad enough. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh,
0: no, I just I do. I had I was struggling with some nerves at at Ipsic Nationals but I almost felt like they were self-induced nerves. Like I would have been fine, but I was like amping myself up so hard to like attack a stage that by the time I got up there to shoot it, like I was like kind of short of breath. And uh, so then I had to like try to calm back down. But yeah, I was experiencing some,
1: I would, I believe was pretty self-induced uh, nervousness. Yeah. So what I want to get to is where I don't try to calm myself down. I just say, screw it. Embrace, like embrace the uh, amped upness. Like that's a good thing because we're not having to do like an, a long endurance thing. And so like, let's just qu- I think part of me, like I keep, I always just try to calm myself down, calm myself, calm myself. Like can hey, forget that. Just freaking, Just let the blood flow go.
0: Yeah.
2: So not to, not to go back into this, and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna ask I have to ask you. So you had a nice stage win on stage ten, which is the last of all the point stages on your day two at Ipswich Nationals. So you shoot okay. seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Right? And those yep. um, seven and eight were two in their own way really interesting stages, but they were mm-hmm. hard. Like there mm-hmm. was lots of gear changes. There were hard stages. I liked them. And nine and ten were just straight up like local match style twelve factor host fests yeah um so for me those are the two most intimidating stages of the match you didn't like what had happened on seven or eight i can't remember which but you got to oh, both yeah you got to 10
1: and you won it is that when you just got mad again or what uh i I, w- uh, I wouldn't say i just got mad again uh but it was just a like i was going to rip on that stage no matter what like point, like it, I was just going to rip hard on that stage. Like there was no, there was no holding back. Uh, the only thing that was going to slow me down was gun handling pretty much. And that's, you know, actually I shot that stage. I was actually pretty disappointed finishing it. Cause it, it was a little bit sloppier than I wanted it to be a couple and of then, deltas and yeah. And like, I look back later, like, like I, I won this stage. Oh, okay. Like that's. That's cool. I feel like like, like this, that's how Jeff felt about a lot of stages too, right? It's like,
0: uh, it's a little wait. Sloppy. That was the winning run, really. This is this is what won. Um, yeah, I think I remember telling you you won that stage.
2: After yeah, because I was and you were
0: I like I was kind of surprised. Yeah, you were like being like mopey and disappointed because you didn't shoot the points
1: that you thought that you needed to shoot, mm-hmm. and I was like, you won that stage. <laughs> And that was that was probably just like being pissed off from the three stages before it uh, was yeah. was still definitely definitely that was part of it. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't know if it, maybe there was some anger that that got out, but it was mostly just I was just going to flat out rip on it. I was like there was no I was going to go as fast as I possibly could and try to pay attention enough not to have big penalties. Every time I think like that I I have big penalties. So that's interesting to me.
2: Uh grip the gun. I, can't, harder. I I I can't go fast by thinking, man, I'm gonna go fast now. Like that's how I like miss loads and I overrun positions.
1: Yeah, that's I mean that's the challenge. Is uh, is like is can you can you try to be fast and then still execute uh oh, that's strange. the only way I'm ever
2: fast is I'm like, you know what? I'm. I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm just going to look at the middle of all of the targets and let the gun shoot itself. And then it's like, hey, look, I'm competitive on time. And the moment I'm like, man, I'm going to shred on this. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I. I mean, I definitely have a, a. We're getting. We're getting off topic, but I definitely have. There's different gears there in just shooting in the middle of the target and then full send. There's for me. There's definite gear gear change there. Uh, I'm not saying that full send is always. An effective strategy, but <laughs> worse for Jeff. Honest, on a stage like that and more more a match kind of like this, it mostly worked out uh, except for hitting some pieces of steel. but otherwise it mostly works out.
0: Mm-hmm. I look forward to uh, digging into some some training philosophy more in the coming months.
2: I um, hope you spend some time articulating yours because you've got your own, at this point, well established internal training philosophy that you have yeah. not fully articulated, and people want to hear about it.
1: He's got secret sauce that he didn't even share it with me. Like, I work on his guns, I fix his gun. Sounds like I had yeah. to fix a gun again because the thumb safety is broken. Uh.
2: <laughs> well, this is my primary reason for going to Western states is I was thinking you could fix my guns. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm even going to buy a new major gun just so I have more things for you to fix that.
1: I'll I'll load my mill up in the back of my truck and we'll just, (laughs) yes, yes. We'll just open up for business. Get a big, job. actually the fact
2: that I can fix everything on on these guns with hand files is very exciting.
1: Yeah. You can do, I can just buy an oversized
2: part and then make it fit. Yep. Pretty much everything in the gun. Yep. All it takes is time.
0: That's right. Yeah. no, So the, the sharing, the philosophy, the training philosophy, I've, dude, I have really thought about this, like, since we mentioned it on here last time, right? And I've thought about how to share ideas that are in my head. And it, it is so difficult for me to try to convey what's in my brain, like on so many different levels, because I, I see pictures like, everything is images. And so, well, it's saw so completely hard. out. Yeah, so it's really hard for me to take that and turn it into words and present it. It's like I have to tell five different stories of images to try to explain something. It's, it's retarded. But I thought about it a lot. Like, especially today, I was driving around... And I was just thinking about how I think about things, and I was like, "This is ridiculous. Like I can't even explain this to myself." Yeah. Now, anyway. So people So understand. people send in your
2: questions. send in your questions, and we are going to we are going to excavate this particular mine shaft. We're like pulling off yeah. the concrete cap, we're opening it back up. We're going down into the darker recesses of the coffin psyche. And we're going to look at the pretty
0: pictures like uh, people can. They can actually hear it when I talk because I talk slow, right? Like there's pauses in my talk. You can see it. I can freaking see it when I'm editing. Like, oh, look, I pause all the fucking time and everyone else (laughs) just talks. And that's me translating from your pictures. (laughs) That's me. That's me transposing from images to words. Uh, Yeah, it's it's terrible. That's
2: awesome. That's so cool. That is fascinating. (laughs) And and I think it's really, really helped you, or you've found ways to make that very, very helpful in terms of accomplishing what you want to accomplish with shooting. So Josh Morgan, other people have questions for Jeff. Like make them really specific questions and then we'll try and get him to unspool his images into our words. Oh,
0: it'll be fun. All right. Or maybe it can just be
2: interpretive dance.
0: I could do that too. Look, I cleaned up the couch over here. We could, we could do another couch sesh. <laughs>
2: oh, dear. Jeff explains his training philosophy from the casting couch. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Oh, yeah. Bring your whiskey.
2: Yeah, short shorts and socialists fear fear him.
1: <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, guys, if you have any questions or anything you want us to, uh, respond to over the off season, this is actually a great time for us to be able to answer questions as kind of, we've got a lull between matches and that sort of stuff. Uh, so if you have any questions, send them in now and we will do our best to answer them. And if you have any specific guests you want us to try to have on, let us know and we can try to reach out and see if they, if they want to talk to Jeff or not. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds Otherwise, good. like like, comment, and subscribe, and thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Peace.